Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. And we are reviewing this week's WWE SmackDown and uh, there's lots to go through. This was quite a strange show, actually. And uh, I feel like uh, the big talking point is going to be what we're going to start with. So Logan Paul starts the show by coming out and doing a promo the promo uh there's not much to it he basically says i've done it again um kind of you know controversy he's called out roman uh and this brings out the bloodline it is worth noting that news that this had leaked before we actually got it and we heard there was going to be a challenge there's going to be a press conference basically we're building towards a match logan roman at crown jewel believably for the titles. That's what we believe it's going to be. So it seems like that's where this is going. News of that had broken just before the show. So even before the show happened, the question was being asked, how do you feel about Logan versus Roman for the titles? And um, yeah, this is this is kind of where we uh, are. This is what we're expecting. This is kind of what we're getting. There's going to be a press conference tomorrow. It is worth noting when Logan came out, he got booed out of the building. I mean, not as bad as booze we've heard for him before, but uh, this was not a positive reaction. Uh, this was uh, people uh, booing. The segment felt very flat as a result. I think the crowd, if they'd been really into this, they could have really lifted uh, this segment, but you could tell that Logan, a little bit awkward in there, little bit like, I think he, I don't know if he was expecting that reaction after such a great response to his SummerSlam match. But the truth is that he's always going to struggle to win everyone over, even if he puts in uh, performances like he did at SummerSlam. There's always going to be people that are going to not want to see Logan in a wrestling ring. But more than that, I think there's a good chunk of people that just don't think that he should be facing Roman after having two matches. And I must admit, I'm one of those people. I, I actually don't mind him facing Roman. That doesn't bother me because I think that, you know, he's uh, put in a good performance against The Miz. I think that, uh, you know, if he if, if he gets on the wrong side of Roman and Roman wants to teach him a lesson, I can kind of be down for that. And so Logan versus Roman, I don't have an issue with. My problem is how can we justify giving him a title opportunity? Like, how can we justify him going after the championships? Because he's had two matches and that is it. Two matches. One of them was a tag match at WrestleMania. The other one was a match against The Miz, which was like a grudge match because The Miz had turned on him at WrestleMania. So to go from that to now he's getting a shot at the WWE Championship, the belt held by Stone Cold, by The Rock, by John Cena, blah, 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 and the Universal Championship, you know, he's going after the biggest prize, arguably, in all of professional wrestling, and he's done it by having two matches. Like, I, there's no way of saying that he is worthy of that or deserving of that. It's way too soon for him to do that. If you want to get him to the point where he has a title shot, then... I feel like we needed a lot more builds than this. Certainly, he should have at least won a number one contenders match or something. I mean, think about people that have to win Royal Rumbles to get a title shot or have to win Elimination Chambers to get a title shot or 
you know, uh, look at theory is one money in the bank and he's still trying to figure out the best time to cash it in. Um, and here's Logan having had a tag match, a match against the Miz and now gets a title shot. Like it just doesn't add up. It doesn't, it just doesn't add up. So, um, this is clearly being done because Logan's a big star. He's got a big following. They want to try and tap into that. Um, they're taking it another step further. So we've seen them do celebrity matches. Now they're pushing it and they're actually now putting celebrities into title matches seemingly. So yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not like ranting on this. Uh, the reason why I'm not ranting on it is because I don't think he wins. I really don't think he wins. I will be horrified if he does, right? I will be horrified uh, if he wins. Um, I mean, that would be horrific if he was to win. I think the message that sends that a celebrity can come in, have two matches and be crowned the WWE champion on their third match beats Roman Reigns, who's held the title for like two years. Like it just doesn't even bear thinking about the message that that sends out. It just makes the whole the whole company look weak. So I'm really, really not into that idea at all. But I don't think he does win. I think this is going to be Logan putting in a really good performance and maybe being screwed out of it. Maybe he can go around saying if it wasn't for the Usos or would have won, whatever. But um, I don't think he wins it. You can't have Brock fall in short. And then it's, uh, you know, um, the next pay-per-view. Uh, do Drew and have Drew fall in short in front of the British fans. And then at the next pay-per-view have Logan winning. So yeah, for me, I'm I'm not, I'm not too mad about it. So I really don't think he wins, but also, I mean, look, we know why they're doing it. It's, it's, it's just to get a hold of his fans. It's as simple as that. It's just to make headlines. It's as simple as that. So, um, and also I've said before, and it is just worth repeating. I do think that Logan brings at least some sort of fighting ability. Um, it's, it's not as if he's bad bunny who to my knowledge has got no fighting background whatsoever. I mean, I don't know anything about bad bunny. Perhaps he's trained in boxing. Perhaps he's trained in jujitsu. Perhaps he's trained in karate. Perhaps he's trained in taekwondo. Perhaps he's trained in mixed martial arts. Perhaps he's trained in pro wrestling, amateur wrestling, grappling. I have no idea. None of those things I ever remember being mentioned. So if he is trained in those things, they could have mentioned it. Um, instead, all we heard was that he'd had a couple of months of training, which is nothing. Um, I mean, that literally won't even cover the basics, to be honest. So, you know, uh, at least Logan is training in boxing and he's got like a, a background in amateur wrestling. So that's why it's a little bit easier to accept. And he's a decent height and he's got a great physique and he's coming off a great match at SummerSlam. So this is why I'm uh, maybe not pulling my hair out uh, and uh, crying on stream like some people might expect because my uh, hatred of celebrity matches is well documented. But yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a few reasons why this is just not having that reaction to me. Um, most notably being that I just don't expect him to win as well. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I can't carve it up any other way. I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Um I think for him to get a title shot after a couple of matches is ridiculous. Um but I don't mind him against Roman. I actually think his performance against Miz was very good, very very good. And um seeing what he could do against Roman, I'm actually not I'm not down on that. So if at the press conference tomorrow it's announced that it's going to be Logan versus Roman, no belts on the line because you don't deserve it. 
but if you beat me, then I'll give you a, a title shot. Like if that gets announced, I can be behind that. I can be behind that because if Logan does beat Roman, then yeah, he deserves a title shot. He just beat the champ. Um, but at least this way, he's not uh, he's not battling for the belts. And even if the belts aren't on the line, I really don't think Logan should be the one to benefit by beating Roman. Roman hasn't been pinned in, I don't know, over two years. And I don't think Logan should be the one. So even if the belts aren't on the line, I feel a bit better about it because I don't think he's earned a title shot opportunity. Um, if the belts aren't on the line, I still don't think he should win. But it does at least make the match more palatable. So those are my thoughts on Logan versus Roman. I know that um, it's it's probably the biggest topic of conversation today. Uh, and it seems like that is the match we're getting at Crown Jewel. We will find out the specifics in a press conference tomorrow. So don't know if it's for the titles yet. I think it almost certainly will be. It's going to be in Saudi. It's going to be at Crown Jewel. I can't imagine them not putting the belts on the line in Saudi. I mean, those fans buying tickets are at least going to want to have the um, option or the the hope of seeing a title change. If If the belts aren't on the line, there's no way they'll see a title change unless Austin Theory comes down and Austin Theory cashes in and makes it a title match. So you have always got that wrinkle, I suppose. That's a, an interesting angle, actually, because you could do Logan versus Roman, not for the belts, but make sure that Austin Theory is very vocal about, don't worry, you will be defending those titles because I will be cashing in. And uh, at least that way, people go into the show in Saudi won't feel like they're not going to see a title match, if you know what I mean. So... Yeah, I, I would probably book it that way. I'd probably do it Logan Roman, not for the belts, but make it quite clear that um, Sammy uh, Theory is uh, very much uh, planning on cashing in. So that was our open. As we said, the crowd booing really distracted Logan a bit here. Um, you could tell that it wasn't quite going to plan. I don't think the crowd were reacting quite as he anticipated. Um, and so, you know, we quickly moved on and out came the bloodline, the bloodline came out and this was basically just, you know, Paul Heyman just kind of saying that you need to pick someone else and um, just kind of like saying, you know, this isn't the right way forward for you um, and that he respects him and all this kind of stuff. There was a little bit of back and forth, but nothing really that special. But uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was, uh, an in let's put it this way, an interesting open and uh, it's really down to your opinion as to whether you thought it was a good open or not a very good open. So uh, that's what we got from uh, the open. Then we uh, built to uh, match, and the match uh, was Ricochet uh, against um, Sammy. Um, so Sammy stepped up and tried to deal with Logan. He gets knocked out. Ricochet comes down. Uh, this match had been announced beforehand. So we get Ricochet versus Sammy. Uh, this match is underway. Logan gets involved. Jay gets involved. You can see that Logan tees in that he's going to get involved. And so Jay jumps in, but actually Logan doesn't get involved. And so that means that Jay ends up distracting the ref while Sammy is making the pin, right? So this is kind of a big moment here because obviously there's a lot of uh, heat between Sammy and Jay Uso. And uh, Sammy here seemingly about to get the win. Jay makes the distraction, didn't mean to. He was. He thought that Logan was about to. 
And so uh, he ends up distracting the ref and costing Sammy. Uh, Sammy jumps out, gets in the face of Jay. Jimmy tries to settle it all down. Uh, but the end result is Ricochet picks up the win. So Jay Uso sort of dropping the ball here because he uh, distracts the ref when Sammy could have got the one, two, three. But uh, he distracts the ref. And so uh, in the end, it is Ricochet that picks up the victory. Uh, Logan raising his hands. And this honestly eats up the first half an hour. Um, Michael Cole was trending on social media because he mentioned PWG. He said this isn't the first time that Ricochet and Sammy have faced each other. They have faced each other in Pro Wrestling Gorilla PWG. And, uh, you know, any mention of other promotions or things that just don't normally get mentioned or weren't normally mentioned under the Vince regime, uh, that that automatically gets people talking. People will automatically start like, oh, my God, they just mentioned PWG. Um, and uh, it seems like people haven't quite got used to that change yet. So any mention of any other promotion gets Twitter uh, very, very excited. Uh, the other fun moment in this first match was uh, I think Paul Heyman just knocked into uh, the 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 commentary table and a bit of uh, monster drink uh, spilt. And um, I don't think Michael Cole was too impressed. And uh, Paul Heyman just grabs the whole can, tips it all out and like stares at Michael Cole. Uh, so he, en he empties out this whole can of uh, monster all over the commentary table. And uh, Michael Cole's like, oh, that's great. That's mature, Paul. That's mature. And uh, people were uh, enjoying that. So there was a couple of fun things in this. I mean, it's great to see Ricochet wrestle, but to be honest, he, he just seems so cold. He just comes out. He wrestles these matches. The build for them is always a bit flat. I mean, I remember he wrestled against Baron Corbin the other week. And I mean, he's great in ring. Like he can do some really good stuff, but he needs to get into a feud. Like, he needs to get into a feud. He needs to be able to get his teeth into something. Like, we need some backstage interviews. We need some vignettes. We need we need some segments. Like, the, this just putting Ricochet in opening matches. I mean, it's, it's showing off what he can do against some different opponents. And maybe we are laying some groundwork for him in the future. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see him in a feud. It seems like we are doing something with Ricochet. He's certainly not just sat in catering, but... Yeah, they always feel cold, like him against Sammy, just fine. Him against Baron Corbin, I know there was like a backstage attack or whatever, but it just didn't have enough to it to make me really care. So as an opening match, this was all right, but um, it was it was nothing more than that for me. Uh, moving on, we then went to a uh, carry and cross uh, promo, and um, obviously in black and white, I don't have an issue with that, I said... Last week, I don't mind his promos in black and white. I don't mind his entrance in black and white. The only thing I'm not keen on is when he attacks someone in the ring, sneak attacks them, and they turn the camera black and white then in that moment. That's something that I could do without. But this, obviously, no issues here. And he was just uh, basically saying TikTok, you know, Drew's time's up, blah, 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 blah. And uh, pretty standard stuff. Nothing really too special uh, from this promo. Uh, then we got uh, Maximum Male Models. We did get Max and Maxine Dupree in the ring. Max Dupree said that we're just a stone's throw from L.A. And uh, again, that got people excited because, of course, L.A. Knight uh, was, uh, is being teased. Um, there was a little backstage uh, segment, a little YouTube video where he was uh, saying that the night always follows the day. 
and uh, walked off with a smile on his face. And so again, you know, anything to do with LA, anything to do with night, anything to do with teasing that character uh, is going to get people excited because people like LA Knight a lot more than they do Max Dupree. But anyway, he said that uh, we didn't go anywhere further than that. And uh, instead, he uh, announced the Back to School collection. Now, I, I was into this. I, I really like Maximum Male Models. There are a couple of jobbers, right? That's their role. They're here to put others over. A couple of jobbers, jobber tag team that, um, that I like this for jobbers. You know, the Brooklyn Brawler, he was a jobber. But he had a gimmick and his gimmick was he was from Brooklyn and he had like the cigar and the cap and he had like the ripped up shirt. And he wasn't just a guy in his trunks like his, you know, Pat Jenkins who waves like this was the Brooklyn brawler. I really like that for jobbers. I really like jobbers that have got some personality and a character. And, you know, you can go back through like maybe three MB. They were jobbers that put other people over that were quite fun. And you can go back through, you know, uh, the Singh brothers and uh, the Stooges. And there's lots of like jobbers that have had like characters. This is just this is just another example, really. This is a couple of jobbers that people find annoying and you're meant to find them annoying. And uh, they were doing their back to school collection. I mean, what's not to love? So uh, they come out dressed in like back to school wear. And uh, they're posing and showing off. And then uh, obviously it was never going to last. Uh, here comes the monster of all monsters. And uh, Braun comes running down and uh, attacks them and uh, beats them up. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, look, I feel sorry for them. I don't know why Braun came after them. I don't know why. I don't know what Braun had against Maximum Male Models in particular. I don't know if he's targeting tag teams. Uh, it's felt like he's been going after tag teams. But uh, either way, he comes down. He ends this segment. It makes sense. That's why Maximum Male Models are here is for, you know, moments like this. So Braun comes down, beats them up. Um, he gets into the ring. He continues to powerbomb them and everything. But that brings out Alpha Academy. And Alpha Academy, uh, so there's Braun beating up uh, Maximum Male Models. And uh, Alpha Academy come down and they grab Braun. And um, they plant him, basically. Uh, plant him and uh, uh, go off, and that leaves Braun in the ring. Braun did uh, get some offense in on Alpha, but uh, Alpha um, getting the better in the end of Braun. Uh, and uh, Junior N in our watch long said that he can see this lead into a handicap match. So Braun taking on both Otis and Chad Gable in a handicap match. And uh, I agree. I can definitely see them going in that direction. Uh, then we got Damage Control, and uh, we do talk about Damage Control quite a bit because they are obviously a big faction. They are a big team. Um, I, st I, st I mean, like, look, my feelings on this just, uh, they, it doesn't change. I like them. Uh, I like Damage Control. I don't have any issue with Damage Control apart from I just don't think their presentation is very good. Once again, it just there's nothing to this group. There's no identity. I mean, Dakota comes down with a jacket just around her arms and... I mean, like they just wearing just clothes and look like they're going out for the evening to a bar or so. I mean, like, I don't know. They just they lack star power to me. Like there's nothing. I know it's Dakota. I know it's EO. I know they're great and people love them. I know they're heels as well. So you're not meant to like respect them or really like what they're wearing or anything. But I mean, Seth's a heel. Look what he wears. Uh, Becky's a heel. Look what she's been wearing. Like, I feel like they could have like some sort of identity 
I've said before, maybe they just need damage control T-shirts and then just put them in T-shirts and maybe that would at least uniform them and make them look a little bit better. But um, yeah, she came out. Bailey was out. Uh, she was. Uh, she said, guess who's back? Back again, which is kind of nice because we was on the East Coast. Um, so she was just kind of, uh, you know, putting over the new tag champs, talking about how she wants to be champ. Uh, she gets interrupted by Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel Rodriguez comes down. Raquel Rodriguez single-handedly deals with the women's tag champs on her own, which I think is a little problem, just a little problem. I know, again, it's just a little moment. Like, you're always going to have these moments, but I don't know. Like, it's the same with the Usos jobbing out for Roman. I don't like to see it. I think the Usos should be looking strong. Like, if we're trying to really build tag team wrestling then your champions have got to look strong. Like, Raquel shouldn't be able to come down and just pick up one of the tag champs and throw it into the other and have both of them go down. Like, you've got to keep your champions strong. Like, these are, these uh, again, you've got Braun just destroying the tag division. You've got Raquel beating up both of the women's tag champs. You've got the Usos jobbing out for Roman. Like, I don't know. I, I thought that Triple H would treat the tag divisions a lot better than he has so far. But um, again, early stages. We'll see where it goes. It was just a moment and nothing more than that. But this isn't an isolated moment. That's that's my point. Like, we're seeing a lot of this where the tag teams are being like, this is coming off the back of maximum male models being attacked. Braun at one point was getting the better of both of Alpha Academy. Granted, they got, they, you know, walked off strong in the end. But I do think this could be leading to a match where Braun is going to be in a handicap match and win against both of Alpha Academy. So again, this isn't an isolated moment. There's lots of examples where tag teams are being, you know, maybe not booked the strongest, which is just a little bit of a surprise coming from Triple H. Uh, EO gets uh, a bit of revenge. She pops up and uh, grabs a hold of Raquel uh, with the um, sneak attack. That ends with Bailey getting the victory. And so Bailey beats Raquel. And, um, you know, we we kind of move on. We were I thought we were going to move on. They start beating up Raquel, uh, all of damage control. That actually brings down Shotzi, which was a surprise. Don't know if Aaliyah is injured or what's happening there. But uh, Shotzi came down and uh, stood shoulder to shoulder with uh, Raquel. And uh, I don't know if this is going to lead to damage control against Raquel, Aaliyah and Shotzi. Or is Raquel and Shotzi now a new team? Or is this just a one-off thing? Or I don't know what's happening. So quite interesting. Good to see Shotzi. I'm, I don't feel like I've seen her in a while. So uh, yeah, I'm all right with this. Uh, then we were backstage with Liv and Ronda. This was a little strange just because I thought Liv came across as a bit of a heel here. And I'll tell you why. Because Ronda was being interviewed. I don't remember her saying anything too disparaging about Liv. I don't remember her saying that Liv's uh, weak, uh, disgrace or anything. I think she was just saying that she was going to win when they faced her, um, like when they next face. Um, and Liv interrupts the interview which is a bit of a weird thing for a baby face to do, to interrupt the interview. But she comes in, she sits down. She then talks really slow, like she wants every word to be listened to. And she talks very slow, 
and in a way, a little unhinged. I don't know why the promo was delivered at this speed. It was very slow. And she was saying that she wants an Extreme Rules match, basically. So she sat down. She delivered the promo uh, at that speed. Said that she uh, has beaten Ronda twice, which I think is such a strange thing to bring up because the truth is the first time was a cash-in and Ronda, you know, was injured uh, or had been injured in that match against Natalia. And then the second time, as we know, was very controversial. So... her banging on repeatedly about beating Ronda twice is also a very weird thing to gloat about for a babyface when everyone knows that it wasn't the cleanest of wins. So I, don't know, I just really don't know what we're doing with Liv. I, I just don't know what we're doing. Like every every segment I see her in, like there's always more questions than answers. Um, I don't know if they're... I don't know genuinely if... The positive reactions Ronda has been getting recently, have they made Triple H look at this and go, let's just make Liv a little more heelish? I genuinely don't know. I, I don't know if they're not looking to make her a little more. I don't think that's the right way forward. And I don't I don't know that that's what they're doing. But I, this was strange. It was really strange. I mean, Ronda was just sat there not really doing anything. And Liv's the one that comes in and starts gloating about how she beat her twice and interrupting the interview, which, as I said, for a babyface is a very weird thing to do. So either way, look, this is going to build to an Extreme Rules match. I think that plays in Liv's favor. I think that plays in Liv's favor, which might surprise people. But, I mean, listen, if you're just going to use your your weapons that you've got, your arms, you know, the, your skills, she ain't beating Ronda Rousey. So all of a sudden now she's got the ability to use weapons. So all of a sudden now Liv doesn't need to rely on reversals, submissions, and trying to out-wrestle, out-maneuver one of the best fighters, female fighters on the planet. Now she can use weapons. So I think this plays massively into Liv's favor. She can come down and just start walloping Ronda with kendo sticks and uh, throw chairs at her and fire extinguishers and anything else she can get her hands on. So I think this, uh, I, I feel quite good for Liv leaving Extreme Rules with the championship. And um, who knows, we might even see like Shayna getting involved or something in this. But um, yeah, interesting. Interesting how they're positioning this. This is obviously a big rematch uh, that they need to get right following what happened at SummerSlam. But I think Liv will leave Extreme Rules as champion. Uh, then we went back and uh, the commentators were saying some stuff. Didn't quite catch what they were saying. They didn't talk for long, so they got interrupted. Uh, Drew jumped on the commentary table. Uh, he basically uh, was calling out Carrion, saying, you know, you talk about TikTok and time running out. Well, three, two, one is kind of all I'm going to need. And, um, you know, he was calling out Carrion, basically. So they're on a collision course. Uh, which is no surprise. But I don't think any match was made, but I'm sure that's going to be extreme rules. Uh, Then this was really interesting. We were backstage. Solo was about to have his match. And uh, he turned around to Jay and he said, you've dropped the ball tonight. Come on, Sammy. 
and he he allows Sammy of all people to go to ringside with him. So Solo Sokoa, who is new onto uh, the roster, kind of turning his back on his own brother, so and allowing Sammy to come down. So it's clear where Solo stands. He seems to be standing with Jimmy. So at the moment, it's only Jay that has got a problem with Sammy. And um, yeah, interesting that what happened earlier in the night kind of played out here. All of these little things are so interesting in this story. It's very rich story with Sammy and what's happening with the bloodline. And uh, I thought this was a really fun segment, a really good segment. So yeah, I like this. Uh, that leads to uh, uh, the match. And uh, the match is for the NXT North American Championship. Uh, this is Solo taking on Madcap. And uh, basically, Sammy helps. Sammy gets involved. He does a good job. Didn't know if Sammy was going to cost Solo. Um, I didn't think Solo would lose the title here. He only just won it on Wednesday. Uh, and I didn't think he would lose an NXT title on SmackDown. But um, And he doesn't. And he does beat Madcap. And it is thanks to Sammy. Madcap's uh, on the verge, seemingly, of winning. And Sammy grabs Solo, pulls him out the ring, uh, making the save. Um, and, uh, yeah, Sammy did his job, did his job well. So, uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, obviously to see how, uh, that story continues. Then, uh, we got confirmation as to when the press conference is. So it's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on, uh, WWE.com. Uh, it's going to be on Facebook. They didn't say, uh, YouTube, but they said all of their platforms. So I, I would think YouTube, but, uh, it's going to be 1230 Pacific time on Saturday tomorrow at the time of recording this, uh, which is, I think, half three Eastern, which is half eight UK time. So, um, yeah, look, it's a crown jewel press conference. Uh, Logan and Roman are both going to be there. It's a no-brainer where this is going. It's going to be a match. I don't know that it's for the titles. I just think it's going to be. I think it will be. I think Roman will be goaded into putting the belts on the line, and then we get Roman against Logan Paul. Uh, at Crown Jewel, and I think Logan is going to shout about it all over his uh, podcast, all over his social media. He's obviously got a massive following. This is the whole point as to why he's getting this opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's up to you. We've we've covered it. We've spoke about it. It's up to you now as to how you feel about it. But we'll see what gets said tomorrow. Uh, then we also found out Roman would be back next week. Uh, the other uh, match that was made for next week was Braun against Otis one-on-one. -on -one. I've got to think during that match, I'm guessing Gable gets involved. So uh, I do agree that that seemingly is building towards a handicap match, um, maybe at Extreme Rules, maybe at Crown Jewel. Not too sure, but uh, Braun against Otis one-on-one -on -one next week and Roman returns next week. Then we went to our main event of the evening, and our main event of the evening was a fatal four-way. Winners would get to face the Usos. I don't think they said when exactly, but uh, it was a number one contenders match. This was Brawling Brutes against Imperium, against Hit Row, against New Day. Teams had changed, actually. I'm sure the Street Profits were in there, and I think Maximum Male Models were in there as well. But uh, they've changed the teams. Don't know why. Um, but yeah, we've got a uh, great show of strength here by Top Dollar. He had, I think he had Kofi, Xavier and Butch on him at one point and uh, a, a good show of strength. The spot we've seen before, I've seen uh, other people doing this spot, but it always looks cool. Um, and I think Ridge 
managed to do an Alabama slam with uh, Top Dollar. Uh, had him up uh, on his back, flips him forward. That was got a, a big chant from the crowd. Crowds were not brilliant tonight. They weren't that vocal tonight, but they were more vocal during this main event than um, at other points during the show. And uh, yeah, so we got a couple of moments. There was a great moment where we saw Ashanti against Xavier Woods. And I think that's such an interesting match. Ashanti against Xavier Woods. In a way, I feel like they're very similar. I've always seen, rightfully or wrongfully, Xavier as being like the, the third person in the New Day. Like Big E is the big, powerful guy. You've got Kofi as the experience. I mean, Kofi is Kofi. And then you've got Xavier. Xavier is someone that's very tidy in the ring. He's very good on the mic. Um, he definitely deserves his place in the New Day. But I think for me, he was always the weakest member. And again, that might not be fair, but that's just how I see it. And in a way, I kind of uh, see Ashanti as that way. I mean, when we had Swerve, Swerve was like the leader. He seemed to be the most charismatic. Then you've got Top Dollar, who's the powerful guy. And then I think you had Ashanti, who we don't know a great deal about. I haven't seen loads of him. His in-ring seems quite tidy. Uh, whenever his promotes, like, it's never stood out. So, I don't know, just like, this, I, I feel like there's real com, com, similarities. There's a good comparison between Xavier and between Ashanti. And I'm quite intrigued. It then led me to think, could you imagine if, in a different world, Ashanti had joined the New Day as like a Big E replacement. Now, obviously, he's not the powerhouse that Big E was, but um, that could be interesting as well. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I was quite intrigued. It was just something that jumped at me during this match. I was like, I think I would really like to see Xavier against Ashanti. I think I'd like to see that match. Um but yeah, this power from uh, Top Dollar was good and a uh, really nice moment from Ridge. The end result is that uh, Brawling Brutes, of all people, pick up the win. So Brawling Brutes get the victory. Uh, this was quite a surprise. I really thought it'd be Hit Row. I thought Hit Row were going to get the win because they are, I believe, faces. Um, I believe faces. Uh, and... Uh, New Day have had sh shots against the Usos, so I didn't think it'd be them. I didn't think it'd be Imperium because they're heels. I didn't think it'd be Brawling Brutes because I think they're heels. I think they're heels, but people tell me they're faces now. But I don't know what they've done to be faces. So I don't know. I still see them as heels, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they, they won. Anyway, they got the win. Brawling Brutes get the win. So uh, maybe this is part of an ongoing heel face turn kind of a thing so uh either way they get the victory and they will go on to face the usos so uh there we go that was uh smackdown and there was nothing here that was omg there was nothing here that i think really got me going i think for me because i'm not into the logan roman thing that meant that the start of the show didn't really bring me in um, and then we went to Sammy against Ricochet, which is a bit of a cold match. And I just, yeah, there was something about this show. It just felt like it never quite got going for me and never quite brought me in. And even though there's some nice moments in this show, and I certainly don't think it's a disastrous show, I, I have to say, I think this is one of the weaker SmackDowns under Triple H, which is coming off one of the weaker Raws under Triple H as well. It feels like now that we're settling down into a groove like um this 
crazy great booking that we were hoping for from Triple H isn't quite showing itself. Um, and I think there's, you know, a few people asking questions now about like, is this how it's going to be? Uh, and don't forget, Raw did 1.7, which I think it was always going to struggle. I don't know what tonight's rating is going to be like, but just judging by how many people were joining us for the watch along kind of makes me think that this is going to be another show that's kind of not going to be at the upper end of where it's been. I don't think this is going to do 2.3. It might be around 2. It could be maybe even 2.1, but I don't think it's going to be doing 2.3. I don't know that it will do 2.2. So this one might be a bit lower in the ratings as well. Uh, difficult because they're going up against Monday night football. I don't know if there's a Friday night football, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This one didn't didn't massively grab me this show, but uh, we'll see. I'm certainly not saying this is the end of the Triple H era or anything like that. Way too early for that, but um, I I could agree that like you know the excitement the the honeymoon period, if you will. I think it has now settled down. There's a, a good couple of shows now that have just been average let's put it that way average so i'm looking forward to seeing uh, people's scores seeing what people think uh with that being said uh, let's jump over to uh the chat and see what people are uh uh saying uh i won't be shocked if brawling brutes take the title says uh john uh trenton said kofi has picked up an injury kofi might have broken his neck is this being uh reported online is it where's um where's that being said that's interesting let's uh, jump over um can't see anything coming through fightful uh can't see anything on twitter let's search uh kofi uh because this is quite big news obviously if uh kofi's picked up a major injury um kofi logan paul's got a bright future that's the last thing we've got there. Let's click on latest for Kofi Kingston. Um, but, but, but Ridge pinned Kofi. Uh, can't see anything. Can't see anything. So uh, you'll have to let me know where that's being reported. Um, college football was on tonight, says Trenton. Kofi is a veteran. Um, but, 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 no, can't see anything. Um, sometimes you have to embrace the dark side in you, and that's what Liv is doing uh, against Ronda. Maybe it is that, Messiah. Maybe it is that. Yeah, uh, maybe it is that she's having to go to a slightly darker place. Maybe she's still face, but she's having to go to a slightly darker place and be super hyper-focused, which might be why her promo was delivered that way, um, uh, in order to, like, you know, beat Ronda. Um, hard to get that across in a short promo. I think they could have given them more time, to be honest, and I think they could have maybe told that story a little better and a little more, because it... it it did just leave me with questions coming out of that that promo. I'm not surprised that it's going to be an Extreme Rules match. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. Um, and as I said, I think Liv stands a good chance of picking up the victory. Uh, what if Gunther and Bobby, uh, it happens and it would be a squash match? What if Gunther and Bobby happens and it was a squash match? 
Well, I would I would have to hope that Gunther wins. I think Gunther's uh, got a bright future. Bright, bright future. So uh, to see him lose to Bobby wouldn't be too bad. But um, if he lost by squash, that would be horrific. So, yeah, certainly wouldn't want that. Uh, Dylan said, do you think it's possible Sammy will stay with the bloodline permanently? No. No, I don't. For me personally, I really hope that he, um, I hope there's a big split and I hope that he gets mistreated and I hope that he, um, I hope he goes after Roman. I really do. I was talking about that during the watch along. I think that he is the one to end Roman's title reign, which I know some people might not be on board with, but I think that Sammy has always been a sleeping giant. He was a big star in NXT. He was NXT champion. Um, he main evented takeovers. He came up and there was a real buzz when he first arrived. Um, he's kind of, he's, I mean, he's been all right. He's bobbed around. I mean, there's been some stuff where he's been around the, the, the intercontinental title. I remember when he was managing, was it Cesaro and Nakamura? That felt like a real low. That felt like a low point. I don't know why he was managing for as long as he was and he wasn't wrestling. I don't know if there was like an injury thing there. But uh, that that felt like probably the, the lowest point of his main roster run. Um, but then I liked it when he was uh, saying there was conspiracy against him and he was the great liberator. But I think what they're doing with him right now is the best. And honestly, the crowd booed Logan. They weren't feeling that opening segment. But once Sammy got in, they broke out into Sammy Chance. So Sammy has definitely got a connection with the fans. And um, I think if you can build it right and tell the right story, you could really get somewhere. There's a lot of people that want Sammy to win the tag belts. I don't. I, my my sights are higher than that. I, I want him to go after Roman. Uh, I don't want him to, like, I don't want all of this to result in Sammy and Kevin being tag champs. I want this to result in Sammy being the universal champ. And I don't know that he would hold it for that long. I don't know, like, you know, quite how you tell that story, but I feel like you could do a bit of a Daniel Bryan with Sammy. I, I really do. I think all the pieces are there. I think all the pieces are there. You've just got to mistreat him now. You've just got to have him mistreated and have people feeling sorry for him. And you've just got to have people waiting and talking about when Sammy going to turn, when's he going to turn on him, when's he going to stand up for himself. It's not fair. I don't like Sammy being treated this way. And when's he going to stand up for himself kind of a thing. You build that right and you tell that story right and Sammy eventually turns and snaps and starts halloovering the Usos and starts halloovering Solo and going after Roman and then like, you know, we end up getting Roman Sammy. Could be could be massive. Roman Sammy next, next SummerSlam. I would absolutely love that. I... 100% agree that booking Sammy to beat Roman would be very, very difficult because this is a Roman that has beaten John Cena, he's beaten Brock Lesnar, he's beaten all of these greats. Um, obviously, you'd need this bloodline being dealt with, and I would think Kevin Owens could come down and deal with them. So have, imagine Kevin Owens coming down and helping Sammy and like cheering Sammy on from the outside. Go on, Sammy. It's your time. It's your time. Like... There's so many pieces you could put in place to make that moment epic. So many things you could do. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to go that way with him. So uh, when do I think like they kick him out? Hopefully not for a long time. And hopefully they abuse him first, which sounds weird. But I think we could get we, we could really get somewhere. Uh, Brenton said, how will you bring Elias back? Will Triple H just hope we forget about the Ezekiel stuff? 
Uh, same with people like Carrion and his failed run. Choo Choo Strowman is another example of amnesia. Not really, to be honest, because uh, Ezekiel has always been presented as different to Elias. So if you bring Elias back, you just don't, we don't see Ezekiel. So you don't need to forget Ezekiel or anything like that if you bring Elias back it, because they're, they've never been presented as the same person. They've always been, you know, wink, wink, nudge, 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 nudge. They're different. And you just, just keep it that way. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's a problem. If you want to bring Elias back, you just bring Elias back. How you do it, I don't think really matters because he's not the biggest of stars, is he? So he's not like, I think if you bring Elias back, I don't think people are going to lose their minds over it. In fact, we've already seen Elias with like the Ezekiel character. Um, he didn't get a great reaction. So I don't think like you need anything epic to bring Elias. I think you just bring him back. Just a couple of vignettes saying that Elias is coming back and you bring him back. Elias is, a, a to me, is a jobber with a gimmick, very much like maximum male models. So that's why I don't think you need a big build. Um, uh, same with people like Carrion and his fail, failed run under Vince. Yeah, well, again, I mean, Carrion is back and he's with Scarlet. And I mean, they're just not going to like acknowledge what he did before, but I don't think it's a problem. I could see someone mentioning it in a promo against him. And, uh, you know, he can easily explain it as just not being in the right frame of mind or saying that Scarlet wasn't with him and without her guidance, he was going down the wrong roads and going down the wrong paths and making mistakes that he won't make now. So I kind of feel like that can be explained as well. But I don't know that it needs to be explained because he left and now he's come back and it's kind of a bit of a reset for him. He's not a different character. I don't think it's a case that he's a different person to the person we saw before. It's just there's no need to really mention any of that because it's just largely irrelevant now. And if someone does bring it up to kind of make fun of him, about it like where's your kinky gladiator costume he's definitely got things he can come back with most notably yeah i made mistakes in the past but i'm a different person now and i've got scarlet now and there's things that he can say if it ever did get brought up um and choo choo stroman again we don't need to mention it i mean that was something stroman was doing when he was around under vince um he's gone he's come back He's made some changes. You know, he's wearing different attire now. He's still Strowman, but I don't think that you need to look at Strowman and think about, like, when they were making those train noises and stuff like that. Like, he's gone away. He's come back. He's being presented how Triple H wants to present him. And it's not a case of, like, having amnesia, but it's just more of a case of why do you need to mention those things? Like, why do we need to mention that he used to do the tra the train sounds? Like, why would we mention that? We don't need to. There's no need to, is there? What's the point? We're not hiding anything. There's just literally no need to mention it. And I would say the same with Carrion. There's no need to mention what we were doing before. It's just a continuation. And, you know, it's just we're in a different place now. So I don't think, I don't think any of that's a problem. Uh, do you remember when Elias was supposed to be the guy to beat Cena? That's why they interacted those couple of manias in a row. I believe that's where they were heading, but it just didn't click with the fans. Legend Killer said, I liked the tag match main event. 
Uh, Mark said, I'm sorry, but Sammy beating Roman would be horrible. Well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. I think that Sammy is, he was great down in NXT as the champion. I think uh, he came up and has got a real connection with the fans. I think he's a very talented in-ring performer. If you watch his matches with Kevin Owens, but not only just Kevin Owens, look at his match with Shinsuke uh, from NXT. And, you know, he's shown that he can have great matches against different opponents. So in-ring is no concern with Sammy. Promo is no concern with Sammy. He's one of the most charismatic, one of the most engaging people. I would say the only downside to Sammy is his size. The fact that he is a smaller guy and, and not as big as a Carrion, a Drew or a Roman. That's what counts against him. And so I think if there is to be a criticism of uh, Sammy, you could maybe point towards how he's being booked, but obviously that can change. And you can point towards his size. But I think that if you get the book in right, that sorts that. His size will never change, but... Under Triple H, I think there was quite a bit of excitement that this would mean there'd be more opportunities for the smaller guys. And, uh, you know, someone like Sammy that seemingly would never have got anywhere under Vince, I think now stands a good chance of getting somewhere. Same with Johnny. I mean, would Johnny or Gagano have got anywhere under Vince because he's a smaller guy? Um, Maybe, maybe not. I think that was a real concern, wasn't it? That, you know, that was a real concern Johnny had of like, I can't go... I can't go to the main roster because I'll never be the guy. I'll never be used right. So, yeah, I, 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 I would. That's what I would book. I would book Sammy to be the one. I think Sammy is uh, in a really good place and has got really good crowd support. But I can understand why people would say not Sammy. I think it would be the fact that he keeps losing, keeps jobbing, um, which you would have to change. And I think also uh, the fact of his size which you can't do anything about, but I'm totally down for giving the smaller guys opportunities. Uh, imagine if Sammy beat Roman, said Joe. Uh, Tanja said it would be great if he cost him the title. Brendan said, is it me or is the women's division hurting without Charlotte? People always complained about her holding the belt being at the top, but she really held the division together. I think she's a very credible champion. I think that she's also a flair, so she's got name recognition. And uh, I think that she is definitely someone that is an asset. And uh, I think there's lots of people that don't like her because they feel that she holds up the division. But I think she's a star. I think she's a star. I think she's great in ring. I think she's a good promo. She's got size. I mean, she ticks every box. She's a great heel. She's a natural heel. She ticks every box. People don't like her, but that's good. She's a heel. You're not meant to. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you don't like the current women's champion, says uh, Tanja. I like Bianca being women's champion. I don't mind Liv being champion, but I don't like this run. So uh, I definitely would look to move away from Liv now, but put the belt back on her further down the road. Uh, William said, Sammy is goofy. He'll never be taken serious. Don't get me wrong. Sammy is talented. Uh, he has been overused with his goofy gimmick. It wouldn't work. Michael said, wouldn't Shayna Ronda be heel versus heel? And do you think they will agree to them being friends? Um, I don't know what Ronda is right now, to be honest, uh, because, I mean, she was face in her match with Natalia. Um, when she went up against Liv, 
she was face. I think that was face versus face. And then seemingly she may have turned heel after when she got frustrated and attacked. But the crowd were cheering her because I think the crowd appreciated that she actually won that match. And so it seemed like crowd support was with Ronda. And then after that, she's done just some really cool stuff. Like you could say attacking Adam Pierce is a heel thing to do. But it certainly hasn't been portrayed as a heel thing. Like it's been portrayed more like a anti-authority thing. So I don't know. I'm not too sure what Ronda is at the moment. I can't say I really look at Ronda as, as heel. If anything, I'd say she's maybe in between. So I think if you was to do Ronda Shayna, I would imagine Shayna would attack Ronda and Shayna would be the heel in it. And I think Ronda would be the face. So I don't think it would be heel versus heel. Uh, Dylan said, I don't mind Sammy beating Roman if he was to bring back his old ring gear and theme for that match. Yep. Uh, they should book Shayna to win. She literally destroyed everyone at the pay-per-view and they booked her to lose, which is crazy to me. Michael said the rest decision is final. That's true, but it doesn't change perception, does it? So even though the ref didn't see, and as a result, we did, and so the ref made the decision, we can all see that the ref made the wrong decision. So that's the problem, isn't it? Like, just because the ref's decision is final, that's fine. Liv wins. No one's arguing that. Ref's decision is final but it doesn't change what everyone saw and it doesn't change the perception of the fans and it doesn't change the fact we've got a champion that for many people shouldn't be champion. No no ref's decision is going to change that. So this ref's decision is final is a weak argument because, all right, it explains why like, she's got the belt and um, why she's won the match and they haven't changed the decision but it still doesn't change people's perception. Uh, Trini said, they managed to make Ronda likable whilst making Liv unlikable. It's crazy, but there it is. One video game dude says, does Logan make you think of David Arquette winning the WCW belt? My God, can you imagine? Well, I mean, look, if he wins, it will, yes. If Logan wins, then that is the comparison, but I just have to hope that he doesn't win, to be honest. I mean... It's it's crazy to me that he has two matches and finds himself in a title match. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, you, you're going to have people that are going to watch this saying, oh, you just take it all too seriously. But yeah, I, I do take it seriously. Like I, I, I watch a lot of wrestling and, you know, we I think if you watch a lot of wrestling, then you watch to see who are the number one contenders, who's got the momentum, who deserves, who do you want to be getting title shots? That's Isn't that the whole thing with wrestling? Who do you want to get a title shot? Who Who's your favorite superstar? And they become your favorite superstar for lots of different reasons. But, you know, I love Asuka. I want Asuka to get there and to get a title shot. I love Gunther. I want Gunther to have a good intercontinental title reign and then eventually go after the WWE championship. So, you know, when you watch a lot of wrestling, you have your favorites, you, you know, talk all the time about how do you think things are going for someone to come in and just have two matches and get a title opportunity is just silly to me. I mean, that's just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, um, I mean, well, it does when you think that they're going to use Logan's platform to, you know, promote wwe that, that that is that is literally it isn't it there's no two there's no two ways about it there's no other way of carving it 
It is literally so that they can have uh, Logan talking about his title match on Impulsive Podcast, on all of his uh, social media platforms, and hopefully spike the ratings for Crown Jewel and, you know, get the biggest main event they can possibly get. I mean, I don't know what the social media uh, numbers are like. I don't know what the ratings for his match were like, uh, like the videos connected to his matches. Maybe the numbers have been astronomical. Maybe the numbers are just, you know, undeniable that his YouTube videos, his TikTok videos, anything that is to do with Logan on WWE's platforms could have gone crazy. And so it might have just left them with little to no doubt that that is the right match to make right now. But um, still not the way I would book it. I think he needed to win a number one contenders or or something. I mean, the guys had two matches and one of them was a tag match. So if if you are seeing a backlash, and I, I have to think you will be, um, certainly judging by the crowd reaction, uh, I, I've got to think that's probably the big reason why is because a lot of people feel he doesn't deserve it. Let's have a look and see what you lot think, though, because uh, it's that part in the show where we go to your thoughts, your scores, and uh, let's have a look and see what you lot have said. So at the moment, uh, six. Wow. So this show, six out of ten. Uh, 7.5 was second. Seven was uh, joint second. Uh, 6.5 was joint second as well, but six is uh, seemingly where we are with this. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, WWE press conference in, in the same day and location as Canelo and Triple G. Free spotlight and media for WWE. Uh, strategic business move. It was well played. So Los Coa in action against Madcap for the North American was Hayden's favorite. Charlotte facing Bianca at Mania and will win. Thoughts? Dave Meltzer has confirmed this. Um, My thoughts are... Charlotte against Bianca and winning, I don't mind, to be honest. I mean, Bianca keeps winning at WrestleMania. Um, I think she only needs to beat Charlotte to have beaten all four horsewomen. And I really don't think she should get that achievement at the first time of trying. I think that when she does that, that is definitely something she can gloat about and brag about. And that match makes a lot of sense if you think about it. She's beaten Becky. She's beaten Bailey. She's beaten Sasha. She's beaten Becky and Sasha at WrestleMania. She beat Bailey on the road to WrestleMania 37, I believe. So the only one that's left to beat is Charlotte. There's a big backstory there for that match. Big backstory as a result. And I really don't think the first time of trying, she should succeed. That that would be a big achievement to beat the four horsewomen. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind that match. And I really don't mind Charlotte winning. Uh, Liv and Ronda segment, Solo choosing Sammy over blood, says Sam. Um, Austin needs to moderate again, hashtag. I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him. Oh, he's banned, didn't he? Uh, tag team match, pretty good, but wrong decision. Brawling Brutes winning and Sammy helping Solo. Bloodline seeing Paul Heyman and Ronda Rousey. The Fatal 4-Way and the Bloodline stuff. Pat still being gone from commentary. Now... Before anyone says I've written that, I have not written that, right? I don't know who that person is, but they are now officially my favorite person in this community. Whoever that is, you should have put your name, right? Because I would have acknowledged you. 
Honorary Uso, Sami Zayn, here's the GOAT. Number one contenders tag team match. Ricochet landing on the Usos. Bailey Wernham beats um, Raquel. Uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda. Main event, Moss and Solo. The first 40 minutes. That's interesting because I was just going down thinking no one is saying Logan is their favorite part. But someone here said the first 40 minutes. Uh, Sammy and Ricochet. Main event, Pete Dunne. Solo versus Madcap. Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman. Sheamus wasn't on the show. I don't, I, did he even go out there with the brawling brutes, actually? Solo and Sammy, damage control, main event. Here's another Logan. There's another Logan. So we got three Logans out of our responses. Go to uh, things don't like. Nothing really. But did you hear that Brock might return to face Bo? Bo? Oh, Bobby. Bobby for the US title. If that happens, it'll be great for the title. Also, apparently Brock will be around for a while working a full-time schedule. At the start of the show, not because of Logan, but because the fans booed him when he's clearly a face. They need to grow up. Yeah. The only thing I'd say to that, though, is that he's getting a title match after two matches. So they seemingly don't feel, neither do I, that he is deserving of a title match yet. So it might not be, it actually might not be anything particularly personal to Logan. It might not be that they hate Logan. It might be they just don't want to see a guy that's only had two matches get a title shot. I said during the watch along, I would feel the exact same if this was Bron Breaker. This was Gunther. Like two matches and you're getting a shot at the WWE Universal Undisputed Championships. I mean, that is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, the heels winning. Why are they doing heel versus heel and prayers for Kofi might have been hurt. Uh, that it was kind of a nothing burger episode. Uh, confusing Smackdown, said Sam. Logan potentially getting a world title shot. Maximum male models school collection. The Logan segment could have been better. The back to school fashion show. Uh, Carrying Cross promo. Londa, Londa, Londa. That's Ronda and Logan. Uh, Logan Paul, Ronda, Liv segment. Logan Paul, Hit Row, Liv Morgan. Solo retains. Madcap deserved that. Uh, it was no back-to-school look. Logan Paul punching Sammy. The opening match was Murr. Ricochet Sammy. Roman Reigns segment. We didn't have one. Uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Four-team tag match. Bailey Raquel. Main event. Liv Ronda. New Day. Logan. Logan. Hit Row. Liv. End. So there we go. Uh, a real mixture, actually, of uh, things that people... Uh, didn't enjoy from this week's show. Let's just get the final thoughts, uh, uh, shall we? Uh, Michael said, you didn't say that when Becky pinned Ronda and Ronda kicked out. We all saw, but the ref didn't. Why do people blame the wrestlers and not the booker? Okay. So what I would say, Michael, is that it's a completely different situation because at SummerSlam, Liv tapped. She should have actually lost the match. So what we saw at SummerSlam was that the person that won the match tapped and actually should have lost. The difference with WrestleMania 35 is that that was uh, a backslide. And uh, even though Ronda sort of gets her shoulder up, it's all a little bit clunky. And to be honest, even if Becky shouldn't have won, 
he equally shouldn't have lost. It's not like Becky was tapping at the same time and should have lost the match. So it's a completely different situation. So the referee saw uh, that... I mean, you can make the argument that Becky shouldn't have been champion. You can make that argument because Ronda's like shoulder got up. But to be honest, I, I don't know how convincing the shoulder being up was. And actually, the whole ending of WrestleMania 35, considering that was the main event, the big takeaway was that I was under the impression it was not meant to finish that way. And actually, I'm still under that impression. I'm under the impression that that, and that ending of WrestleMania 35 was botched. I think it was a botch. I actually don't think that's how it was meant to end. I think the reason Charlotte was in that match was because she was meant to take the pin. And it might have been Becky pinning Charlotte, not Becky pinning Ronda. And so Ronda tried to get her shoulders up. The ref genuinely didn't notice. And one, two, three. That situation is so different to what we had at SummerSlam so different because there's nothing botched about the finish at SummerSlam. And equally, Liv is tapping, which means not only should she not have won, she should have actively lost. So it's a different situation. Uh, we all saw the ref did. And why don't people, why do people blame wrestlers and not the booker? Uh, I think some blamed the booking. I mean, we certainly with Liv, we've said that that was a bad way for Triple H to book it. Um, but the bottom line is that she tapped and she's got the belt. And so the fans go with the story. So that's the story that WWE Triple H has chosen to tell. So we don't know where that story is going. And actually at SummerSlam, when I did, I think my review... I said that, well, let's wait and see where this goes. Let's wait and see where this goes. I wasn't a fan of it, but I was interested to see where it goes. Now, we don't know as fans if they're not turning, live, heal, or what they're doing. I mean, clearly she tapped. Clearly it was booked that way. And so the fans react and follow the story. And their reaction was, you tapped out. You're not meant to have that belt. That that's what happened, and that's the fan reaction, and that's the fans following the story. And equally, the fans were saying along the way, I don't think that was very good booking. And when it turned out that that's not the reaction that WWE wanted, clearly not the reaction they were looking for, that's when, uh, you know, we they started, like, um, speaking out on social media, Kayla and all of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, what what are you meant to do? The, the fans reacted to the story that was being told. It just turns out that the story that was being told was was botched. They messed it up. I mean, it's it's you cannot look at that SummerSlam finish and say that was the right way of booking that match. Uh, Liv hates it. Liv, Liv, Liv has spoken out about it, says she hates that finish. And um, even has said she understands why the fans reacted the way they did. It was just... There's no two ways about it. It's a botched finish. But I think at the time, we didn't we didn't know quite what story they were trying to tell. We didn't know if they were trying to turn Liv heel and have her be a like a champion that's just going to now cheat to win or whatever. We didn't quite know. And so the fans just reacted to the story. Uh, there's been 
times in the past where matches have ended with the same situation and no one complains. Uh, well, I would argue that there's not been that many times. And certainly I can't think of anything recently. I mean, you're telling me there's been times in the past where a, someone has won a belt by tapping first and losing first and being a face whilst doing it. So they're, they're a face, face versus face. Don't forget, they didn't cheat a heel. Ronda didn't go in as a heel, right? So it's not as if Ronda's like a big, bad heel that, you know, has cheated all the time. Ronda is someone that's been playing it straight. She doesn't deserve to be cheated. So if, it, if it's happened loads of times in the past, right, feel free to give me the example. Give me the example of face versus face where the end of the match is someone wins after they're tapping out at the same time because I can't give you many examples of that. Uh, Brent has said, why hasn't wrestling instituted some kind of instant replay or VAR? It sounds like a good idea, sort of like AEW's ranking system. Well, it's because this kind of controversy is, you know, it's always been a part of wrestling, hasn't it? It's sort of like, why don't they ban people from ringside? You know, why don't you say that anyone that interferes in a match will lose, will have their contracts terminated? I mean, there's cameras watching. The, the people backstage are watching. You know, Triple H is on the monitor watching. Triple H can see that EO is just because the ref can't see it. Triple H can see it. So, like, you could go down a road, couldn't you, then, of, like, why why aren't people kicked from ringsides? Why is it that they're allowed to be at ringside um, and interfere? Why is it when people interfere, they're not, like, suspended? Why is it that people are allowed to beat up security? You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, the... Uh, there's a degree of just having to accept a few things when it comes to wrestling. And to be honest, I'd love for a lot of that to get tidied up. I would love for a lot of that to get tidied up. Um, but I, it never will. It's just been part of pro wrestling for the longest time. So, you know, and these kind of uh, moments, you know, distractions and things like that. I mean, if you brought in VAR um, and and whatever, then, you know, any kind of distraction you'd have to think would have to then get reviewed and that would be a massive change to pro wrestling. So if you if you was to do it, you could do it through VAR or you don't even need VAR, to be honest, because you've got, you could have a referee, like you could have Triple H just watching or a ref just watching and you don't even need like a replay, really. We, we all see it. We all see it like beamed around the world. So, um, but it would be, be a massive, massive change to wrestling that would. Uh, Michael said, one minute wrestler. I know her booking hasn't been good, but it is Triple H and Vince's fault. Uh, when Ronda lost to Becky, it wasn't a backslide. Uh, Becky hit the Beck Beckploder. Do you think the whole Roman and Liv stuff was already pre-planned? When Becky, when Ronda lost to Becky, it wasn't a backslide. She did, she, she, she had her rolled down. I remember how she had her, she might have hit a Bexploder, but she didn't just go for the one, two, three. I, I can picture in my mind the end of WrestleMania 35. Her her shoulders are coming down at an angle like this. And um, she like just kind of gets her shoulder up. But to be honest, I, I don't know quite how clear it is. I don't know how clear it is that she gets the, the shoulder up and the referee misses it. But as I said, it, that's drastically different to SummerSlam. 
because Becky did not lose that match. You can argue she shouldn't have won, but she definitely didn't lose. Whereas Liv should have lost the match. Uh, Trini said the demon as a character was ruined when they booked him to lose via interference by God. I agree. I agree. That wasn't Finn's fault, but the result was the same. It happens in wrestling. She will move on and it's not the end. Uh, one minute wrestler said it's Vince's faults. What's what? Which one for what? Uh, Tanja said, uh, why do you think they will have live? Why do you think they have live extreme? Well, she's the champion and uh, I think we need to do the rematch with Ronda. I think she will beat Ronda thanks to it being an extreme rules match. And then I think that sorts that out. So that's that done then. Um, you know, that will massively help Liv because right now a lot of people think that Ronda should be champion. Well, if she loses, Ronda loses to Liv at extreme rules. That's not going to be the feeling anymore, is it? So. I can see them doing the the match. I can see weapons being involved. I can see Liv winning as a result. And then that kind of uh, will uh, quiet anyone that says that Ronda's the rightful champion because you can't say that after she loses to Liv. Um, do you think Charlotte will be part of the match, says Mysterious? Um, no. I think this is just going to be a way of having Liv beat Ronda I mean, Charlotte, could Charlotte distract? Maybe, maybe, maybe she could distract, but I don't think it'll be a triple threat. Uh, Sonny said, are your parents having fun in Spain? Uh, no, I have no idea. They are in Spain at the moment, but I, I have no idea. Is Kira a good girl? She's all right. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's not been letting me sleep too much, but uh, I got enough sleep to uh, feel good to get through this stream. Um, hopefully I'm going to feel good enough tomorrow. Tomorrow's obviously a long stream tomorrow with, um, uh, UFC and with, uh, the boxing in particular. So tomorrow's a big one. Uh, I think Ronda beats Liv because Triple H is sick and tired of Edward DMing about it. <laughs> uh, Summer about 420 said, I just dropped by to say, I can't wait to see your dong in action. Yes. Big, uh, big, big show tomorrow. Uh, Trini said, side note, it was said that Becky was supposed to pin Charlotte at WrestleMania uh, and didn't actually see who she was pinning. The ref shouldn't have counted the three. That's why Ronda looked confused. That's um, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, 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 I still agree with that. I still think, in all fairness, the referees are told, right? And this is where I think part of the problem has come from. And this is why I think that ending was botched. The referees are told one, two, three, you count if the shoulders are down. So the referee has seen the shoulders down. He's counted it. Now, I don't know if she has just kind of awkwardly got a shoulder up, right? I, I don't know if it's like fully up or whatever, but in the in that heat of the moment, the referee has looked and he's counted the three, right? Now, you can say it's a referee botch. I certainly think the ending is botched. And I certainly think that Charlotte was in that match to take the pin. But um, again, look, everyone keeps saying referee's decision is final and the referees counted one, two, three. And so the ref's decisions, decision is final, just like the referee's decision is final in regards to um, in regards to uh, the SummerSlam match. So one, two, three, referee's decision is final. That's that's fine. But the, the problem is that we saw Liv tap out first. So everyone saw that the person that goes home with the belt 
should not have won the belt, actually should have actively lost the belt. Um, apparently it's crucifix pin. Do you think the whole Roman Logan thing was pre-panned? Yeah, so crucifix pin, so her shoulders were like backslid down and she was, so yeah, so it's what we said. Uh, do you think Roman Logan was pre-planned? Yes. Um, ba -ba -ba. During Sean Ross Sapp live interview. It's on YouTube. Check it out. What's this? Um, mm -mm -mm. dong is here. Right. I think we've got to the end of all the comments. I think we've got to the end of all the comments. Right. So um, that's it. The show was six out of 10. That was the community score. Uh, big, big day tomorrow. Really appreciate everyone uh, joining us. Uh, hope you got out of uh, SmackDown, whatever you was hoping to get out of it. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you uh, enjoyed our various conversations. I've spoken a lot about uh, Liv, spoken a lot about Logan in particular, um, and uh, covered a few other bits and bobs throughout the show. And um, we will be back with these reviews on Monday for Raw. And uh, as we said, we are back live tomorrow as well. So thanks a lot for watching. Really appreciate the support. I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.